the devout Bitcoiners want only the best aesthetics. Again, goes back to the kind of the values that are in Bitcoin, isn't it? We don't want this throwaway thing. This is not a technology that will go away anytime soon. It's a technology for the ages. So we want art for the ages. This is the Bitcoin Muse, and I'm Clay Enos. Today I'm joined by mixed media artist Rebel. His evolution as an artist is perfectly reflected in his work that wrestles with many of the big ideas and aesthetic challenges posed by Bitcoin. I admire his commitment and unwavering dedication to the high standards he perceives Bitcoin inspires in everyone, but especially artists. It's great to hear difficult ideas eloquently articulated, and it was fun to chat with someone who knows the world of podcasting firsthand. His work with 21ism helps germinate the Bitcoin muse and still provides me with a valuable resource. As kindred spirits, Rebel and I quickly got immersed in conversation, so I just hit record and off we went, exploring the role of art in a world where Bitcoin exists. We went fairly deep out of the gate and didn't really come back up. I'm sorry that many of the formalities of podcasting, like introductions, URLs, Twitter handles, and the like, didn't get spoken, so be sure to pop into the show notes to find Rebel's compelling work and social feeds. I feel like we could have bounced ideas back and forth for hours, but as you'll hear in a second, we both think it wise to honor everyone's time with brevity, even if it leaves one wanting for more. I hope you enjoy this contemplative rip with Rebel. But 45 minutes an hour always feels like a, it's respectful of everybody's time or, or you go off and find another longer form thing with somebody else down the line. That's great. I, I've always thought about an hour is enough. I think if you're going over that, I think uh, you're either talking too much or not really hitting the key points. So I think if you're if, like any artist, if you've got a restriction, then you actually bring some of the best ideas to the forefront. That's ultimately what creation is, isn't it? It's when, when an artist is restricted some of your best work is made. I, I don't know whether you agree with that. I do entirely. In fact, I, I think we should just roll with that notion that that a photographer frames their work. You know, a painter chooses a canvas size. That it is in the limitations set by the artists that the muses sort of have to find their voice. I agree. I think uh, I, I don't know about you as well. I mean, I'm, have you have you done any artwork so far in Bitcoin? I haven't. I've toyed with the idea of making portraits that uh, sort of historical portraits, but I wouldn't consider that a deeply creative endeavor, slightly more technical and historical. Okay. Because I think that, that would be interesting. I think, I think as soon as you start creating in Bitcoin, I think it's, you, you realize the, I wouldn't even say restrictions placed on you, but the, the ethos of Bitcoin that has an influence on your work and how you work as well, I think has a massive impact. It's restrictions, but also freedoms in the same way. So as an example, I would, I would argue, you know, for instance, uh, you know, we, in the Bitcoin space, we talk about time preference a lot, don't we? And short and, and long time preference. And uh, some of the work I've done on, on my pieces, they take quite a while to do, around about six months to from conception to the final piece. And it's having that... We've talked about it before on, on this show with Brecky, which was a great rip as well. And I think it, it is having that patience to, for the process, learning and, and bringing that Bitcoin ethos in. I think uh, 
is definitely something as well that the collectors appreciate as well, or even maybe not appreciate because sometimes we, we collectors want to get their work, but um, it's not possible to get to, to whip something out really quickly because quality takes time as, as we know it just and to have that kind of space as as an artist um, rather than just quickly getting something out into the ether where perhaps it's not ready or it's not just not right it's actually quite liberating and similarly scarcity would play a role there too right it would do yeah exactly i think in one of my pieces um uh, the believe piece they take two and a half weeks to make even though the concept has been completed so it's two and a half weeks of my time so after i conceived of the piece i was like right okay do I make this an edition of something? And I was like, right, two and a half weeks. Okay, two and a half weeks, three weeks. Okay, so if I do an edition of around 21, that is a year, of, of approximately a year of my creative output. So I was like, okay, let's do this. So I'm I'm bound now by, by my piece to create my creative output there for a year in order to do it. And and that may tie in with some of the the kind of uh, religious aspects of of the piece as well, you know. But it's definitely proof of work that goes along with it, and I think uh, it ties in really well with the the kind of Bitcoin ethos as well. And the Bitcoin ethos, so scarcity, proof of work, uh, time preference. I think two, you have the challenge of just understanding what Bitcoin is, right? So your your work is being consumed, I suppose, and collected by Bitcoiners. But there's an aspect of your work being seen by you know, the majority of the world as no coiners. Is there an aspect of persuasion in your work? Or do you think you're sort of more skewed towards satisfying someone more familiar with Bitcoin? I think I like to try and challenge people full stop with my art. I think that whether you're a Bitcoiner or not, in even previous works prior to Bitcoin as well, it's all about challenging, and that's what hopefully all good artists do, is actually challenge the viewer and move you inside some kind of emotion. So um, with some of the pieces that, that I've done, um, there have been lots of questions. There have been lots of, let's say, feedback, I think is a nice word to way to describe it. Some people are very happy with the pieces, but ultimately leads to a conversation around the pieces and and then it has several levels and i think really good art has numerous levels so i take i'm not saying my piece is great art i this is what i aspire to be but different levels so taking that piece uh, on first glance uh, you expect jesus on the cross but you've got the anonymous mask on there and, and a lot of letters that are doppled on on the cross etc so maybe there's no coin you look at that and you think what what is going on and then that kind of drags in the conversation but then as a as a Bitcoin or kind of a, a beginner level Bitcoin, you begin to see some of the symbolism that's there. So for instance, the Genesis block, the fact that the fiat is upside down. And uh, as, you, as you go, you know, deeper and deeper, then as you look at, as a Bitcoin, you perhaps, and this is one of the key things, I think you've been grappling with it a bit as well. And this, this podcast is the kind of... Uh, the spirituality behind Bitcoin, is it is it a religion? Is it not a religion? I mean, it's something definitely as an artist I and as a Bitcoiner I've been grappling with and I find it an incredibly interesting challenge. It's got all the hallmarks of a religion. I mean, the way I've looked at it is that 
God is nature, in my opinion. Nature is math. Math is Bitcoin. I mean, you can look at it in terms of a mathematical equation there. But even from a societal level as well, you've got, what you know, let's take Christianity as an example. So we've got iconography. That we've got that in both Bitcoin and Christianity. We've got places of worship, um, which, you know, dotted all around the world. We have local Bitcoin meetups as kind of the, if you want to look at them, the low level churches. And we have the pilgrimages uh, all the way to the kind of the Bitcoin conferences. And, and El Salvador, if you want to look at it in those terms, the, the promised land. We also have leaders within the space and 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 a saviour that kind of disappeared at a time in order for us to uh, save ourselves. So it's really, really compelling. There's loads of other arguments as well, but as a Bitcoiner, then that, that kind of stirs you in, in your brain and you, you start thinking, you know, and that's the question I pose with that piece, is Bitcoin a religion? And hopefully, and it has stoked a lot of debate and it's very, very interesting, the responses. Yeah, and I think for those who are devout, to keep it in that parlance, this is something that would go on their wall, you know, a, a kind of the crucifix of sorts, a Bitcoin crucifix. It's interesting, too, because I get that, that something, any faith will inspire all kinds of art. And certainly Christianity has done that from cathedrals to pietas. We talk about Bitcoin, too. We also we, we equate it with fire or the printing press. And those didn't necessarily... You know, I don't think fire wasn't the stuff of the muses. The printing press gave voice to lots of people and certainly, you know, eventually novels and the rest of it emerged from that tech. It really is in a funny place, Bitcoin, because it's, it is a religion. It is a messianic technology, like uh, Eric Kaysen would argue. And it's this pivot for humanity to flourish anew. And so you're making works of art that seem to be right at that place where sort of, I think all of these Bitcoin artists are recognizing a moment to kind of rekindle humanity's creative juices. I completely agree. I think that's the most exciting thing about being a Bitcoin artist right now. I don't believe there's any other art form out there that is right on the cutting edge and right at heart of um of a, of a kind of a i suppose a revolution a renaissance as, as you know we, we often call it and to be part of that and part of that community as well and creating something that i believe has value a lot of value for humanity in the future i know that sounds kind of grandiose coming from that but but hey i think this is uh a once in the generational well even more than that technology has been made available to us as humans and why would you not be part of of this incredible time and using whatever skills that you may have in order to propagate this incredible um, message i can't see it the other way a lot of people you know kind of kind of see it why would you be part of bitcoin and my argument is why wouldn't you be part of bitcoin because uh it's uh it's incredible I think, too, you had mentioned earlier that the artists that we talk about hundreds of years later challenge convention. There's something inherent. It's almost like a pass. 
you get to be the weird one in school because you're the artist, you know. I had my my combat boots and my bad haircut. <laughs> so in that space, that little bit of wiggle room and freedom or dismissal then gives you an opportunity to kind of hone your craft and bring your and collect your voice and, and jam it into the world, which is nice. It's almost like they, they should have figured this out by now that the artists lead the charge. Yeah, I think every artist deep down is a Bitcoiner that's waiting to get out. They are the misfits, you know, the ungovernables, the people that did things differently. That's why uh, some of the, the work that you're doing now with your podcast and and previously some of the work I've done to try and give voice to some of the artists as well, I think is really important to try and encourage as many artists as we possibly can to this new art form because there is a really untapped resource there and as you've said the artists do lead the revolution in society you know they are the outcasts but ultimately they're the ones that most of the time are proven right given enough time so you know we, we talked like michelangelo and you know leonardo da vinci and some of the other great artists there then you know when when leonardo da vinci was looking at a flying machine i expect they thought he was a bit crazy you know but uh here we are now uh with with our flying machines all the time yeah exactly everyone's got a drone yeah <laughs> yeah no, personal drones go figure i think while there is a that aspect of pushing the culture forward maybe challenging convention it also has to somehow be wrapped in aesthetics and things that are deeply where you really violate at your peril mm-hmm. as an artist. It's an interesting balance, right? You make you can go make ugly art, but if it isn't luring us in for some aesthetic reason, it might just as quickly be ignored or dismissed. And I wonder for you, what is the role that aesthetics and those harmonies what do they play for you? Where do they fit? That's a really interesting question. I think in terms of pictures or images, I think our role as artists to start with is to, you know, we've got amazing writers and talkers in, in the space that can have a, a thousand, two thousand beautiful words. Um, but I think it's our role as artists to provide the other ways that we process information because not all human beings are readers. We don't all pro- process the ways of the same information in the same way. So, and also the, you know, the old adage of a picture paints a thousand words, you know, and definitely springs to mind there. So I think in terms of the, the aspect, we are the graphical user interface of, of the Bitcoin time chain. If you want to look at it like that, we're translating this code into this this beautiful imagery as Bitcoin artists and presenting it to the world. And, and I think that's the, the key there is that as Bitcoiners, you know, we are humble. We're trying to present this incredible thing that has the ability to change mankind. So if we're going to do that, it's really precious. It's, it's, it's almost like we've been given this. So how are we going to go into treat it? And the, you know, the devout Bitcoiners uh, want only only the best aesthetics again goes back to the kind of the values that are in bitcoin isn't it we don't want this throwaway thing this is not a technology that um, will go away anytime soon it's a technology for the ages so we want art for the ages this is the reason that i only create bitcoin art i don't create art for any other 
any other chains or coins because and I've had plenty of opportunities and, and people have asked me very politely about it and I've also turned them down very politely as well um, because it's not something that we, we believe in, in as Bitcoiners, I think. It's it's about getting credible aesthetics, pieces, visuals that will last a long, long time away after I'm gone, you know, planting those trees that I'll never uh, sit under or experience the shade under, I think. So that that's where I'm at in in my belief in in Bitcoin art and as a as a Bitcoiner as well. Beautifully said. I really like that idea of the graphical user interface. Right, it's something that sometimes a Bitcoin could use, but we're doing it out in the world, where it's a touch point for a no coiner or to encourage somebody who's already out there to kind of just there were signposts of uh, uh, validating people's beliefs. And they're, you know, confirming their uh, beliefs of sorts to keep it in a Bitcoin vernacular. Rolling back, though, what was going on there in block 585007? That was about four years ago. Yeah. It was actually, it was July 11th, 2019. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a, a long time ago. It seems like a long time ago now, a lifetime ago. I was at a protest, to be perfectly frank. I was at a... A protest in in my local city, and I was there with uh, I've just met a friend who was into Bitcoin, and I'd had the touch points before that period. So I think actually prior to that, I uh, I tried tried mining back in twenty fourteen just for fun, and completely forgot forgot the key phrases, and so that's long gone. I tried it, thought, well, oh, that's cool, and then. Uh, then I was at this protest, and I remember as I was walking and marching, um, I thought he explained a little bit more around Bitcoin. Um, it really clicked for me. I think it was for me. Then I went away and looked at that. Is Bitcoin is the ultimate form of protest. Um, you can hit people. You do need to have the societal level of change, and that's important. People coming together um, in order to affect change. But also uh, this incredible de- kind of decentralized effort where you're hitting the banks and the state um, where it really hurts, which is their pockets. So if you've got this kind of pincer uh, attack, if you want to look at it around that, around what's going on with the state, the banks and, and how it how we're all run, I think is an incredibly powerful combination. So it's a centralized and a decentralized kind of effort. That's from that moment on there. I actually um, I went I went home and, and I started looking at it. And and one of the first pieces that I made was the the money tav, which is uh, kind of the bridge from my street art kind of career, if you want to look at it like that, into kind of more of the Bitcoin art there. So um, that's kind of where that imagery came from. You know, just it's. Bitcoin lighting a fire, uh, building anew, so to speak. So, uh, yeah, that's what happened back in in block uh, five five hundred thousand or so. So, yeah, yeah, I was using the time chain calendar to yeah, ask that what date it was. So you had been a creative street artist. You had the chops, so to speak, and then found your focus. And funny enough, it lit a fire under you. 
Yeah, it did. It's uh, it's it, that period. That, I don't know about you know yourself. I think you were twenty seventeen. Is that correct? Yeah, that is. Um, here we go. Just a fan of the show. Maybe what can I say? You know, just a, <laughs> thank you. Just a clay fan now. <laughs> so uh, uh, in twenty seventeen. So uh, I don't know about you, Bruce. It's an incredibly exciting period in my life where my eyes were completely opened to this new world, and every day was a learning experience. And uh, every day my mind was blown. And you know, I just, I look back at that time with uh, the kind of uh, the naivety of, of Bitcoin youth, you know, and not that I stop learning now. And not that I think I'm a Bitcoin uh, master. I don't, very few of those exist if they do exist. But it's uh, that time, that, that changing period where your, your brain just gets completely blown by what's going on and you realize it for the first time the kind of the orange pill moment if you want it's incredibly exciting it is exciting and i don't know about if you were as sort of indoctrinated in sort of leftist learnings in the art schools and stuff it was a real uncovering and twisting to be orange pilled it ran so counter but it also perhaps too i was of an age where I could see all my friends around me calcifying in their ideas. And Bitcoin just set me free in a whole new world of ideas that allowed me to let go of previous ideas. Um, so I'm very thankful for that. And, and it was in the same time that you were, you too were in the throes of it. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's great. I think maybe that's one of the reasons why the creatives are in that headspace and having to kind of wrestle with that and perhaps challenge some of the ideas that they have. Maybe that uh, they find it difficult. Personally, um, I've had a couple of my projects that haven't come to fruition and been thrown out of uh, galleries and spaces because they're Bitcoin projects and people have actually been running scared um, that they don't want to be seen as crypto advocates but I, obviously i I'm, I'm there saying it's not crypto it's bitcoin and it's, it's a really really tough conversation to have in, in you know in the space of 10 minutes or so but uh yeah i've had some pieces thrown out uh some projects public projects completely axed right at the last minute because of it being bitcoin so it is still a big challenge and then um, one of the projects was raising uh, money for charity which uh, we did in the end. I had to literally put the art piece on the side of my house. Um, that was the only place that I could put it around my town. And we raised 2000 for charity. And big shout out to uh, my fellow artists there, Mr. Hansel, um, Taki, and, and um, a few others as well that submitted artworks. Even then, the charities didn't want to accept Bitcoin uh, or, you know, or even cash from Bitcoin. So it's uh, it was great. It was a humbling experience. And it just it reminded me that we still have a long way to go, but I wouldn't have done it any differently. And I'm glad I stuck to what I'm doing and I'll keep doing it until people, until people uh, listen. Yeah. And I know on your website, you only accept Bitcoin for your artwork and you try and spend Bitcoin to make your artwork. You really are building the circular economy one piece at a time. Yeah, it's very important. I think people have to, they have to feel Bitcoin. They have to understand it by not as a concept uh, from a white paper, which is great and, you know, incredible piece of work, but it, it doesn't mean much to the average person. You know, you need to actually 
and take Bitcoin out in the wild. Um, I was very fortunate of off the back of the, uh, I believe that I'm just finishing up now, um, actually. So we're on uh, number five now, 21. So that's at least, what's that? 14 weeks, something like that, of uh, creative output. That through the process, I helped my collector with setting up a lightning node and, and using lightning for the first time. And that was an incredible experience. Again, harking back to the kind of days where I was going, oh, this is really exciting. This is great. I'm really happy to help that out. And, uh, and having a relationship as well. I think that's another thing that's really, I don't know whether, whether, you, whether you experience it with your, your Hollywood background, but, but sometimes when you're perhaps mass producing pieces, you lose the relationship between the collector and the artist. And I think that's, Something again, the Renaissance did incredibly well. Obviously, you have patrons, etc., and none of that reason. But even just having relationships between me and my collectors, I really, really value that. And that's something, if you want to look at it peer to peer, you know, in Bitcoin, where we can kind of uh, get together and, and transact more than just Bitcoin in that space. So I think it's really important that we do have this economy where people are spending Bitcoin as well as earning Bitcoin. And it just begins the cycle. Don't get me wrong, there's going to be a lot of hodlers out there right now. We're still in the hodl phase, but it's really, it's good to, to actually get Bitcoin working. It makes it so much more real and, and it demystifies it quite a bit, actually, to just sort of spend it, spend and replace whatever it is you want to do. Mm-hmm. I think it's a healthy part of the process of being a Bitcoiner and understanding the technology because it's all well and good to sequester your seed phrase and hodl. But it's a, it's a ton more fun to keep it moving. So I get it. I admire that. I was at the this um, spa in Brooklyn that heats their water with Bitcoin mining rigs. Wow, amazing. Yeah, and of course I had to pay in Bitcoin. They threw me a 10% discount, which was nice too. Oh, that was amazing. You mentioned like, so you're, you as a creator creating of your, you know, the muses are speaking to you and you're making. So my work tends to be, I have to photograph somebody. Ideally, I'm photographing another person. And that to me, that conversation is the one I truly value. I don't overly concern myself with how the world sees it. You know, I like, I kind of use photography as a catalyst for conversation and understanding and engaging the world. Whereas you've got the other way where you've been inspired by Bitcoin and you're putting it out into the world. And then that's how you build those relationships afterwards with the existing piece, which I think is really cool and perhaps longer lasting. Mine is a fleeting engagement. Yours goes on to keep talking to audiences and keeps living in a place where it can be interpreted in a perfect world for centuries. Ideally, yes. And even just prior to this uh, recording, I was was on uh, chatting to some of the collectors as well. So it's, it's not just... Um, with me, I, I see it's it's not just a a piece and then you're done. It's more than that. It is an co- open conversation. And as Bitcoiners, you know, we are the moment few and far between. We'll grow, you know. Um, so it's 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 important that you know uh, we stick together. And it's a great community to be part of. It's one of the most exciting and wholesome community. Some of uh, the the best friends I have in art now, and and not in art. Some of collectors are just wonderful people that have become some of my closest friends. So, uh, yeah. Ah, beautiful. I like that idea because you can, it, you used to go into bank lobbies and there'd be some Picasso or whatever, but it was sterile. And for sure that no one at Chase Bank knew the new Picasso and, no, and Picasso didn't really care. 
I like the idea that the artists are just percolating throughout the community. And, and even just hearing a conversation the other day from Citadel Dispatch, they were just having a party rip and talking about curating art in Bitcoin Park. It was just so real. It was so tactile and refreshing to think, well, I know they're going to go do their golf outings and the rest of it, pretend they're bankers. <laughs> <laughs> they were also deeply concerned with the art on their walls, and it was integrating into the experience of Bitcoin Park. I thought that was really great. It's really good that I think, and Bitcoin Park is uh, got a great gallery there um, around that area. I know there's uh, some of the collections. It's weird. It's almost like the the Bitcoin Louvre um, in, in in a way. Uh, some of the pieces they got on there are unreal, and but I think that's what we need to to be. I think all you know. The, Bankers and states people have had this jargon and this barrier that you know they've forcibly put between um, the people and and their money and and governance etc. And Bitcoin tears down that. It makes it more transparent. It makes it more accessible for people, and that's really important. And that should also percolate in the art. I mean, that's if we're to be true Bitcoin artists, then surely we have to take Bitcoin values in our art to be taken seriously. I, I don't know what, what you think about that. I would agree. And it, all of this talks gets me thinking about conversations you must have had around the fact when you say you're a Bitcoin artist, I, I said that to a, a traditional painter the other day, and he's like, what, you paint money? <laughs> like you, paint about getting rich? And I'm like, okay, how am I going to break this down? How do you break it down to people? <laughs> yeah, it's a hard one because, and how do you do it? I mean, you've you've probably had some experience, right? But because for most of the world, Bitcoin is just a monetary technology at best, and now you're doing art around this. What what are you doing? <laughs> I do ask myself that question sometimes, Claire. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. No, no. I I, I agree. No, I, I, I do sometimes. Sometimes. I think every Bitcoin has that check, don't they? Where they go, am I crazy? Is is this crazy? Am I doing, what, what am I doing here? Um, but it's quickly kind of, uh, I don't know. I, I think once the, the fundamentals of Bitcoin haven't changed, this is the thing, I think. It's a value set that I personally align to. Therefore, that's why I believe in it so much. I think it's, without sounding too cheesy, kind of the Bitcoin values uh, flow within me or, or what I do in everyday life. So it's, it's actually quite feels quite easy to kind of put that into, well, it's not easy to put into work to, to get the message across sometimes because... As you say, it's a complex subject, but you can maybe take bits of it and 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 try to break it down to people. But it's more than just uh, it's a way of living and a way of operating and a way of doing things. And I think if you're doing that as an artist, that's why I think all art will hopefully become Bitcoin art in the end, because it's a great way of being. Um, and the benefits to the arts it will be massive if it's can be adopted on a, on a greater scale. But as uh, we've just got to lead the way, I mean, the old Matt O'Dell, stay humble, stack sats, stay humble, make Bitcoin art. And that's, that's pretty much, oh, keep doing it. Even when sometimes, you know, even when you're offered 
perhaps some economic incentives to make art that isn't on Bitcoin. You know, you've got to try and stay true to your cause and true to what you believe in. And it's a, it's a much better way of living than uh, it's tough. I'm not, and, and don't get me wrong. Some, you know, the artists, sometimes you have to pay the bills. That's, that's a reality for some people, but uh, you know, if you can try and stay true to your values and my values are around Bitcoin, then it's uh a very life-affirming place to be. Yeah, you're living it and then you're going to make it, both the art and probably as a, to see the next day, make some more. Yeah. Yes. And I do think artists in general, you know, we're tough on ourselves. We're constantly doubting. We're forging new ground, usually, trying to find our voices with untested materials, untested ideas. It was part of why I think Bitcoin entered my brain more easily than some right? I was accustomed to being challenged by ideas because that's what art had been doing and art history had been doing for centuries uh, as I understood it that I was always trying to push myself into a new territory and then here comes this this crazy concept Bitcoin and my brain was already primed to be uncomfortable the avant-garde is an uncomfortable place to both create and to even potentially see and receive. But with time and nurturing, you kind of get better at it. You almost crave it. Like, let's keep smashing the next, what's the next boundary we get to smash? And I think Bitcoin does that beautifully. And then if we can meld that with art that does that, now we're onto something. Now we're snowballing. I agree. It is, it's about breaking these, these barriers down that, you know, these preconceptions that we have and challenging and pushing yourself as an individual uh, as well. I think that's really important. I know that just when I'm making making the art, every piece I make is not even perhaps not more complex than the last one, but has a different technique. But that, again, is challenging to me as a person. So spray paint was the first one that was relatively, you know, doing it on a base of money and and, and, and and kind of challenging and putting different colors, etc. That was the first stage. Then there was the Believe piece, which used 3D printing in, involved there and, and a little bit of electronics in there in terms of the light. The piece after that, so with Vespa Libertas, that piece is actually linked up to the Bitcoin time chain in real time. And how having and reaching out to the community to help. Don't get me wrong; I'm just learning programming or anything. I've uh, got some help along the way. I need some help, Clay, so much. <laughs> That's really important as well. Um, but there's a, again great community there. But it's it's about pushing constantly, pushing the boundaries, pushing yourself, seeing what. And and again, that goes out to the, in terms of Bitcoin on the kind of if you want to look at it on the macro scale, what you know, challenging ideas constantly, questioning your whole the whole thing you know uh, don't trust verify it's it's it is all encompassing i i don't know how to i don't know how to put it it's just yeah i think in that space it got me thinking that the same way bitcoin exists in adversarial environments the muses thrive in adverse environments and so if you're challenging yourself if you are presenting something difficult then the muses will rise up. They like it when it's being attacked or, or being challenged. And Bitcoin is similar. Yeah, very much so. Not only is it stoking the economic flames, um, you know, but it's also very much, very, very much stokes, you know, I think about Bitcoin a lot. I'm sure you think about Bitcoin a lot as well. And and most people that listen to this podcast are uh, thinking about Bitcoin an awful lot as well. 
and it does create that it, it stirs something up inside you and if everything is i don't know as, a, as an artist or as a person if if everything is is too calm within me that's just just too boring i i can't deal with with that i just i have to have a a get up and go and i think bitcoin provides that and it provides as you say that that fire that really then inspires me then to actually create something greater than myself and i think that's kind of where bitcoin bitcoin is for me it really is a fascinating thing and it's you know i say this to my wife a lot once you see bitcoin you don't unsee it and so with time legions and legions of folks who've seen it will be coming over as we slowly move towards hyper bitcoinization or whatever or if it's just a slow march for over the centuries i don't know but it's really nice to know that the walls of those who've seen it and the, <laughs> the sculpture gardens and things will be there will be little markers just like any other art history the art reflects the transformations of culture and so here we are again, yeah. Renaissance 2.0 for now as a working title. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Impressionists got kind of named early, but, I, but I'm not sure they embraced it. So, yeah. 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 Maybe that's, that's weird, isn't it? To think that, you know, this period in history is going to be named after something after we're gone. But at the same time, very cool. I don't know about you, but that's that's why I've, I think you're a very busy person. You have a, a very demanding job, from from what I can tell. Well, not right now, because there's a writer's strike. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but other than that, other than the writer's strike, you know, um, obviously time is the most precious thing, uh, pr precious anything, commodity, whatever, in the world. And how you choose it, is, to use it is the most important thing. And I, that that's a lens, again, Bitcoin's... Uh, provided me with but you've you've obviously chose to get on this podcast to take some time away from your family from from your other work because you see value in in doing this and, and just in the same way i see value in, in doing this and i think it's the most valuable thing we can do at the moment in with with our time balancing everything out of course is to kind of dedicate ourselves to this propagation of renaissance we'll call it renaissance 2.0 for the moment clay yeah or the good news yeah. To use another metaphor, right? Yeah. We are, yeah. And I do hope that the arts too will sort of really find their place maybe higher, not just at the, not just at the patron, you know, of the Medici patron style, but will be deeply integrated as creativity finds itself higher in the pyramid, uh, more like a burning man future, you know, where creativity and generosity at the top of a pyramid while it was Burning Man, it rang like we could do that in the real, the default world too. And I think Bitcoin helps creativity and generosity rise up away from some of the other priorities that culture seems to uh, privilege right now. I think it does. I think the, the whole thing around Bitcoin as well is, um, it was a conversation I had with uh, Dennis uh, Koch. Sorry, Dennis, that's the Welsh way of pronouncing your surname. It's, it's K-O-C-H. Um, I think it's German originally, and Pepinado we had on, on the uh, the art world, which uh, was a fascinating uh, deep dive for me from someone who comes from outside that traditional art world and then looking in on it as well. And I think if uh, artists were actually paid in Bitcoin, that means the that value appreciates over time, which means that you'll actually have more time to actually dedicate to your craft. 
and therefore you become more valuable over time because you're creating such great pieces. So that's the kind of the the way I I look at it in in terms of that's how if you know as soon as an artist gets onto Bitcoin, their time becomes a lot more valuable, both in terms of storage and actually in terms of earning it. So and then the artistry in general is raised up. So yeah, I think I don't know. That's a concept I've been playing with in my brain as well. I think you know it's the kind of the nuts and bolts approach to how to orange pill an artist and make them appreciate that they don't have to work as a slave churning out not great pieces that they're perhaps not proud of, and they can work towards a an art form of pushing the art form forward. That's where Bitcoin I think works as a mechanism. I also think it'll inspire folks who didn't think they could be creative or could find that voice uh, legitimately. And so we'll see, we'll see art coming from the fringes that will move us equally and not just rely on, you know, the art school graduates. But if I'm reading it right, you were a street artist and now you found yourself making very different sculptural, engaging, textured pieces that are way outside of your youthful wheelhouse. Definitely. And I, I would encourage anyone who's listening to this, uh, if you're not an artist or you don't think yourself as an artist, because some days I don't think I'm an artist. You know, I think we all kind of get the imposter syndrome sometimes, but it's, it's just go out and create and, you know, and go out and enjoy it and then uh, and draw ideas around and make something crazy. And then, you know, if it's related to Bitcoin, great, you know, and then try and uh, just put it online try and sell it, see how it goes, improve, improve, improve. It's that process that goes on. I'm definitely at the start of my journey right now. I think I've got lots of improvements to do in terms of my creative work and output. And But it's a great, what a fantastic adventure I've got ahead of me, Clay. You know, and, and any artist in the space has got an incredible journey ahead of them of discovery and 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 just embracing this new age you know and um, it's great it's very humbled and privileged to be here at, at the start you know humbled and privileged to be on the, on your show as well it's great to, to be talking about it i mean um and also you know the community and, and the collectors that are around supporting it as well so it's it's yeah please if you are listening now and you're kind of an artist and you, you maybe do whatever it might be it could be anything it could paper mache models I'm just thinking random, you know, randoms, you know, make, make stuff out of pipe cleaners. It, I don't really, you know, any any kind of art form, have a think about it and, and start making some Bitcoin art or Bitcoin inspired art. I just realized every third grader making his or her volcano with the <laughs> baking soda is now a Bitcoin bond holder, I think. It's like... That'd be amazing. <laughs> I love that. That would be absolutely incredible. I, I, I did think of an idea, actually, that was actually tying that type of model. And then uh, as soon as the, the halving went off, then you'd have a digital switch that would actually pour in the baking soda slowly. And then it would be, you know, maybe maybe it could be there is a halving party, you know, maybe the, we, it could be the centerpiece. Who knows? You but know? I love it. It could just be like a little kit, you know, like when you go to the nowadays, no one no one can do it from scratch so there's the ready-made volcano kit <laughs> and it could be the having kit and you just bring it to the party and you got everyone sits around the table and dumps in the <laughs> the coca-cola and mentos mentos combo yeah <laughs> just sits there and waits and watches it <laughs> look at that we're we're this is going to be our collab down the line 
No, this is it, Clay. I'm well up for it. Let's uh, let's get it let's get it booked in now. We've got just a just under a year to, uh, <laughs> to put it together. Too good, too good. Well, look, my brother, th- this is really sweet. I really enjoyed the way we could ramble into things that I think are slightly esoteric at times. But you can gauge the sincerity that both of us are wrestling with big ideas around a big technology that is deeply inspiring and has inspired us. And I and I hope people find value in, in hearing us riff. I hope so too. And um, if not, I found value in it as well. Just, <laughs> just my voice and my opinion. Sometimes you just need to... Uh, just needs to go on record, you know, uh, just you need to hear yourself sometimes say these things, you know, for sure. If, and, you know, artists do. We tend to live in doubt uh, and not just visual artists, all, you know, actors for <laughs> chief among them, perhaps. But I, I think it's important that we constantly keep these conversations alive and, and the banter and the back and forth will hone our ideas. I agree. It's, it's together. Together we're stronger, you know, and together we we're creating this incredible future and, and I really appreciate you uh, taking the time out to come and talk to me today. Uh, Rebel, it was a treat and I look forward to, uh, you know, shaking your hand in person one day somewhere. That'd be great at the halving party when we uh, set the volcano up. <laughs> That's right. I'll pour in the Coke, you get the Mentos. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> there you have it. Be sure to follow Rebel Money Art and to share, rate and subscribe to this podcast. Apparently that helps, but God knows the algorithms are an elusive lot. I appreciate any support you can show me. While it's a little late for this one, one of the best ways is to use a podcasting 2.0 app like Fountain or Breeze. I'm all about the value for value model, so much so that if I can stay sponsor free, I will. Thanks to my brother for the music, to you for listening, and to Revel for sharing his time, energy, and insights with the Bitcoin Muse. Onward.